from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Always happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And I told you, I promised you that all throughout the week we were going to have coverage of Syracuse football and thoughts on Syracuse football, where the team is at right in the here and now at 9 a.m awaiting their bowl designation so it was it is with great pride and because I can't speak this morning it is with great pride and great pleasure that Rob Conrad will be joining me in just a second here after Rob around 9 45 a.m eastern time we'll be joined by Todd Philcox who's also a former Syracuse football player at the quarterback position Rob Conrad a fullback and after that Jerome Smith at 10 15 a.m eastern time from that running back position, he'll be joining us, and I very much look forward to the trio of guests we have, Rob Conrad, Todd Philcox, and Jerome Smith once again. Then Jason Lucas and I will go on the prowl. We'll extend that from yesterday, speaking on the Jaguars and UCF, and then we'll do the ingredients to success. We're probably going to go over today, so we promise you two hours. We're probably going to give you a little bit more under promise over deliver. And with that being said, let's get into that Syracuse football talk. The trio of guests starts with Rob Conrad and it starts right now. It's always an honor and a privilege to speak with the Syracuse players past, present, and future. And Rob Conrad, somebody that from when I was a little kid, I always wanted to have on the show. So when we finally got to meet each other before that Florida State game this season, it's it was truly a dream come true for me to finally sit down with Rob and now to have him on this morning means just as much, if not more. So, Rob Conrad with us here in probably better weather than what we're seeing. Rob, how you doing today? Good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. And, and how is the weather around you so I can feel worse today? Oh, South Florida. Sun shines every day, and it's it's usually it's, it's probably about uh, 75 degrees. So, it's, uh, can't, can't complain. Nice time of year down here. Yeah, and I, I have the, uh, the benefit and the blessing of covering – the two games that are coming up, I, I will be covering the Jaguars against the Colts on Sunday with a new offensive coordinator interim, so to speak, and a new quarterback under center. And then before that, I'll, I'll be at that UCF-Memphis game to see if Memphis can oust UCF or if UCF is going to be 25-0. and 0. So right before we get to Syracuse, because you're down south and obviously you know what's going on, in the uh, in the sports world in general, and, and and how can you miss UCF? What do you think about the situation with with UCF and being twenty four and zero and and not being in the college football playoff and just everything that they've done, changing an entire coaching staff and still being undefeated? Are they getting the respect that they deserve? Is this the farthest farthest they can go? How do you view what UCF is doing and how the committee is reacting to it? Yeah, you know it's amazing just being down here the past twenty years and, and watching that program develop, and it's 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 amazing what they've done the past couple of years. And uh, you, you know they probably aren't getting the respect that that they deserve. I mean, it's it's kind of tough sometimes with the uh, uh, you know three major uh, you know schools down here and anything outside of that. You know, this, it doesn't really matter how well they play; they typically uh, don't quite get the respect that they should. 
but yeah, it's, it's it's been an amazing run they've been on, and and uh, you know I, I'm I probably don't watch enough of it in college football in general to to opine of you know about where they should be. But generally speaking, I think it, you, you're probably right about that. They're not they're they're not held in highest regard as they they probably should be at this point in time. But it's been a, just an amazing run to see what they put together here. Uh, you know, certainly in the in the last few years. You had the opportunity, speaking here with Rob Conrad this morning, former Syracuse fullback and NFL fullback as well, you had the opportunity to come up this season and see this team and be around this team and around the atmosphere and the excitement. They played up against Florida State. They defeated Florida State 30-7 and have gone on to be 9-3 and on the season. A few weeks into the season, this was the statement that I had made. I said, you know, Syracuse, in my opinion, at the beginning of the year, I thought five or six wins was the best. And then a few games in, I said, listen, I think that this team could get to nine and three. And I had them at eight or nine wins because of the way that they were playing and what they were doing. They ended up getting to nine. They went four and two in their first half of the season, five and one in the second half. Just what you've seen from them when you were there on the field watching all the way to what they've become at this point in the season. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've I've had the pleasure of getting to know uh, Coach Babers a little bit, and you know, one of the things that he, he you know talked a little bit about was get, you know getting the team to believe again, and it's such a big part of football. You know, when when you get these guys to you know to buy in and not not hope that you're going to win, but you know, I believe in the program, know that you're going to step on the field, know that you're going to compete, expect to win on a regular basis is such a big part of the game. It's such an emotional game and a game of momentum. And, and you saw that transition year, you know, this year in the past, you know, they, they pulled off some big wins, uh, but they haven't followed through. It was kind of the, you know, the height of their season. And uh, you, you, you're seeing the kids believe again, you know, it's been a while. And, uh, and, and, you know, they're stepping on the field, expecting to play well and expecting to beat some very good football teams. And, um, you know, for, for all but one game this year, um, you know, that happened. And they, they went toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the country and, and uh, you know, beat some of them, you know, some storied programs handily. And, and uh, you know, frankly, with, with not as much talent. I mean, the, they've, they've had their – I think their, their, their the nine wins, I think, is the most since we, you know, we were there 20 years ago. And when we were good and, you know, those teams during the, during the 90s, I mean, you typically had – you know, two or three guys every year coming out that were, you know, first, second round picks. Um, and you might have, you know, six, seven guys drafted. You know, that that's just that you know, hasn't been the case and is, is not the makeup of, uh, you know, this roster currently. So, I mean, the, the fact that, that, you know, Dino has these guys bought in, believing in what they're doing, um, it's, it's really been impressive. And it's, it's been great to have him as part of the program. And, and what he's done has been really, uh, uh, it's been remarkable. And he's, he's, he's just, you know, what the program needed at the right time. And, and it's, it's been, been great to watch from afar. And it has been a, a very long time since Syracuse can boast of having at least nine wins of the season. The last time that it happened was in 2001 as part of the Big East with Paul Pascaloni. The team went 10-3, and winning the Insight Bowl that year uh, back in 2001. So, you know, we're looking at 17 years in between. And the the funny thing about that is 17 years in between was also 17 years in between where they were ranked in both the AP and the coaches poll. So a lot of doors have been 
been opened. A lot of a lot of you know barriers have been knocked down. The last time the team was four and zero to start the season was 1991, also under Paul Pascaloni. So. It just, I mean, when you were around the team, and like you said, you got to be around Coach Babers for a little bit, you were there early on in the season, in the third game of the season. Did you get any notion or any inkling that this team was different? I mean, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but when you were around the program early on this this season and around Dino, did you get a sense that, that, that they could be something special, or have they just kind of, you know, consistently impressed you week by week? How have you kind of taken it you know what I, I've tried to catch all the games and uh you know I've reached out to coach after uh, I believe it was the uh, uh the um, North, the NC State game I, I thought was was big I mean that was a game in the past that you know the, the team wouldn't have won frankly that's a team that we've we've had a lot of trouble with we had problems with them back when we played against them with Tory Holt back, back in the day we you know we, we've lost games we were supposed to win against them but uh you know the the team was consistently showing up and playing at a high level, and uh, and when they you know won that football game, to me that that was really signaled that you know this team was going to be a little bit different. And look, you know from where the program had been, um, I think a lot of people were disappointing without uh, disappointed it and without you know reviewing all all the things that went wrong. You know, the program needed kind of a. I'll call it a music man, a confidence man to come back. And I think you've heard, you know, coach talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you, know uh, you know, having faith in, in what they're doing, right, right, and and, and, and having guys buy into what they're doing. And uh, they, you know, they needed that guy, and he, he's brought that to the table. So they, they've taken those steps. They've won. They've won these games. They're back in the postseason. Um, you know, they're in the national conversation. Uh, you know they have a they have a young quarterback that can you know, really spin the football that people are talking about. I mean things are things are kind of ripe right now. The next thing that I think the team needs to do, and they really need to hit home this year with some some young talent with some recruits. Just need they need to you know this needs to transition into a you know good recruiting class. It's one of the things that that the program failed to do. You know when with 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 McNabb and my class when we were going out. Um, you know, going to, you know, uh, you know uh, BCS Bowl Berths, you know, the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and, and all the things that were going on. The following recruiting class is just, you know, you want to leave a place, you know, better than you first found it. And, and that didn't happen for us, and that led to some of the issues, you know, past 2001 and, and why, uh, you, know, you know, why things really started to slow down. They, they have to they have to hit on in recruiting and, and capitalize on the success they have. And I think they can do that. You've, you know, like I said, you've got a young quarterback that you can build around that's going to be here for a few years that can really spin the ball. They've got an exciting offense. Um, you know, the defense, defensive football for all of us that used to play, we, we all get sick watching defensive football, period. Not just, you know, Syracuse, but anywhere right now. There's no, you know, you're not allowed to practice tackling or hitting. And, and uh, the fundamental, you know, defensive football has kind of gone by the wayside recently. But, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, certainly there's room uh, defensively to improve, but they made you know, huge strides this year. But, uh, you know, they got a lot of things going on. They've really got to capitalize and, and focus on getting some, you know, top-tier players that can help carry this team to get to the next level. 
That coming from Rob Conrad, former Syracuse fullback and NFL fullback as well. Uh, Rob, I wanted to get into uh, to Eric Dungy and your thoughts on him. Like like you said, uh, the passing of the torch, so to speak, and that's something that needs to be taken care of, that the team is having success, so you have to recruit to keep that success. They already have Tommy DeVito there. He's already been on the field. He's come in and won a couple games for the team. So we'll get deeper into Dungy in a second, but I want to go off of your point. The Eric Dungy passing of the torch to Tommy DeVito. What do you think about that? I know we've seen Tommy not, you know, he hasn't made an official start to a game yet. He's got three more seasons after this. But what's your take on what you've seen from him? And what do you think of the passing of the torch from Dungy to DeVito as the team moves forward? You know, I, I, I've not been around him. And uh, so, so I, I can't talk to that. But I will say watching him, a couple things. Number one, the kid can spin the ball. You see him throw the football. Uh, you know, he, he can he can really throw the football at that level, which is exciting to see. The second thing I, I notice is there's you know the a lot of quarterbacks are somewhat reticent sometimes to push the ball down the field. He's a guy that he's comfortable doing it. He likes doing it. He understands the effect it has on defenses and. And we'll we'll get in there and feel comfortable and 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 is accurate throwing the ball you know down the field and 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 that in the long run you 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 have him you know with a balanced offense around it can really open up the football field and open up an offense. So look, he's a young guy. These guys are still developing at this age quite a bit, and and uh, I, I think there's a, a really big upside for for what what I see from him. He's a kid with a lot of natural arm talent. You know, you can't teach that. And uh, it's it's you know I'm excited. If I was a you know, young guy, you know, or you know, looking to go to Syracuse, or a young guy in that program, and uh, you know, I I, I kind of went through a similar situation. I was a true freshman, came in. They have this guy Donovan McNabb that was practicing. I said, hey, you know, this guy's pretty good. You know, I, I wouldn't mind playing with this guy over the next four years. And you know, so to the extent they can you know help utilize you know that that storyline, that narrative to get some. You know, get some additional weapons in in, in the building, and um, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, I think that that'd be great. I'm I'm, I'm excited about having him you know, on the team for the next few years. When you see his ability to come in and really not have that, you know, that warming up, that that you know, that I need to do, uh, I need to get a short pass here. I'm going to run the ball a couple times. I mean, when Tommy DeVito comes in, he likes to drop back and cause the defense to have to respect him. He'll beam that ball down the field. I mean, the first time he came in and threw a 62-yard touchdown pass to Nikeem Johnson, he wants the defense to know that at any given time he can go anywhere. And the way that he comes onto the field is like he had been on the field the whole game with some of those passes that he takes. What do you think about that from your, your perspective as one of the guys that was utilized in the offense? When you see your quarterback come into a game and drop back and beam it on the first play that he's in, what does that do for the team? What does it do for the kind of psyche of the team, in your opinion, when you see a quarterback sling it immediately when he comes into the game? Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't help but think about some of that game plan from his skill set. I mean, look, him him and Dungey are two different guys, with two different, you know, just two different players. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's not Eric running the football. He doesn't do some of the things that, 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 that Eric does. Uh, but he, he, you know, we're, we, I think, you know, he comes in, Dino knows he's got a live arm and, and knows that's probably his strength, uh, you know, throwing the football down the field. And, and I, I don't think it's by accident that he comes in the game and is, you know, throwing the ball, 
you know, deep down the field. Let's just say I've never seen them run to the sideline and Dino, uh, you know, grab them and say, hey, what, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it, it looks like those things are when he gets an opportunity to get in the game, he wants to see him go down the field. So I would expect to see, you know, more of that once. You know, when you're game planning and you get two, two quarterbacks with two different skill sets, as much as you want to say we're going to plug and play with our quarterback, it, it's not the case. Um, you're, you're going to game plan around your you know, who you think is going to play and what their skill set is. So I think you know once he becomes a set starter, they're, they're able to put some schemes in place that plays to his strength, uh, and then he's in there with the ones with all the practice reps. I think you're going to see him take that next step, and I think he has a chance to be a pretty good player. Eric Dungy, on his side of things, I mean, this is a man who was knocked out of the second-to-last game of the season, came off the field, and the question was, you know, what's going to happen? Is he going to be able to Is he going to be able to play? You know, is he done for the year? Is he going to be able to finish a season, which he has never done at Syracuse in the three prior seasons, and that happens in the Notre Dame game, and yet we see him come out against Boston College and score six touchdowns, three on the ground, three through the air. Just what you could say about, you know, the, the fight of him, the dog mentality that he has. He put his body on the line in the runs that he took. He flipped over, was on his head for his third rushing touchdown at Boston College. Just what you've seen from Eric Dungy and and, uh, and note this week and what he was able to do this past week when he came into a game that people were concerned if he was even going to be able to snap the ball one time, and you just see how he did it. Some people said he healed like Wolverine. He's just he's just a different player. He has a different drive, a different want to, and no matter how hurt he is, he's not hurt for game day. I mean, I've seen so many things from him, but this past weekend was undeniably remarkable in my opinion. So what did you think about you know him just being on the field, let alone having six touchdowns in the game? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to kind of understate what his value's been to the team, right? I mean, it's you've seen him, um, and that's one of the great things about college football. You know, you think about guys like you know, uh, you know, a Tim Tebow, or you think back to you know Don's here, you know, but uh, you know, McNabb with us. These guys just have the ability. You can you can put a team on your back and just kind of almost will them to wins at sometimes and. And I don't don't think that you know not a huge part of this you know this season and these you know this kind of renaissance of, of the team you know it doesn't have to do with with, with him right and he's uh, he's been a remarkable college football player love watching him uh, it's been disappointing when he's been out you know injuries football is a great game except for the injuries right and they're things that you can't necessarily control. And, you know, some, some guys are, you know, more, uh, you know, predispositioned for injuries. And, and, and then there's bad luck that comes into play. It's really unfortunate. All you can do is, you know, get, get healed up and get back out there as quickly as you can. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's an impressive guy. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a different guy, right? He, he looks like a prototypical quarterback. Um, you know, he's, you know, from a, uh, from an arm talent standpoint, he's, he's got, he's got a lot of arm talent. He's, he's not probably as consistent as you would, you know, need to be probably, you know, making this stuff to the next level, but those things can be worked on. But, you know, look what the guy, you know, get, get done from a leadership standpoint, what he's done, you know, running the football, obviously. I mean, some of the stats are amazing and, and just, uh, I think his, his attitude and his toughness in some of these games and just, hey, guys come with me I'm not throwing you on my back and we're gonna go win this football game it's just it's been fun to watch it's been hard not to be a big fan of his and he's he's meant a lot to the team and 
and and uh, you know resurgence of the team. So it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be sad to see him go. I'm sure he'll he'll uh, it'll be kind of emotional uh, you know game for him coming up in, in whatever bowl game they end up playing him. But what a what a great ending to it having an opportunity to win nine games. You know possibly ten here in the and you know get the get the team back to a bowl game. So it's been uh, it's been a great run. Speaking here with Rob Conrad, Syracuse alum as well as NFL alum with the Miami Dolphins, uh, still wearing that number 44. Rob, before I let you go, uh, quick here on Eric Dungy and then a couple more points. For Eric Dungy, the the question that I'm getting now, I got it yesterday, is NFL. Where does he stand in the NFL? Is he a tight end? Do they use him in the backfield? Do they wildcat him? Do they let him be a quarterback? I went throughout the NFL, and and more than half the teams that I was speaking on of the 32 franchises, I said, could use him as this, as that, something that they don't have. So I said, when more than half the NFL makes sense, then he makes sense in the NFL. Now, he could be a second or third string quarterback. I think he can be used in the backfield. I think a Wildcat situation is perfect because he has a better arm than probably everybody else in the Wildcat that's in the NFL right now. What do you think about his future do you see tight end I mean the guy's six four he puts on muscle every year do you see the tight end do you see a runner do you see a quarterback do you see a utility guy that's a little bit of everything like one of my listeners said Taysom Hill for New Orleans has played quarterback to returner what you know tight end and whatnot how do you see Eric Dungy in the NFL and should the NFL should some team in the NFL give him a chance and if so why all right so I, you know, I um, uh, I was speaking with a uh, national scouting director for an NFL team a few days ago, and uh, he, he's going to get drafted as an NFL quarterback. And I, I think he'll play quarterback. I don't think he'll be looked at in any other position. Um, he's got look, the guy's got the frame. He's got the ability to throw the football. He's got things. He's got in in you know all the intangibles. Uh, you know the the uh, you know the, the injury thing is going to be be just going to hurt his is uh, you know probably where he gets picked in the draft. He'll probably be a, a third day pick somewhere you know round around uh, you know uh, you know uh, five through seven from from what I've been told. But you know, look, quarterbacks are are in very short supply in the NFL. Uh, there's a lot to work with with the guy. Um, he's he's had a, a ton of production. Um, and I, I think I think he's going to get drafted in, in in the late rounds, and I think he's going to be a quarterback. Now he's got to go into camp, and he's got to compete. And it, this is a you know look, the NFL is a different league. I mean, you've kind of seen some experiments of guys, you know, the Dan Kendras of the world or Tim Tebow's. They put him at full at fullback or tie, it, it, it does it doesn't work very much. I mean, there's uh, you just you're talking about the best of the best, the elite athletes out there, and. And you know you, you you move a guy and say hey go go uh, you know go in line you know go go play tight end or H back and go lead block in the NFL uh, linebacker or go in line block a seven technique who's you know two it's just not going to happen um, you know just that those transitions just don't don't take place but I don't think he needs to I think he'll, he'll play quarterback he'll have an opportunity to compete for a backup job and he's a guy who can develop I mean he's got there's no reason he can't he he can throw the football he can run. Um, you know, if he can master and, and get, get in the right offense and really, you know, get with a, a throwing coach and, and, and get his, his, his motion down, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, look, McNabb, um, his, his, you know, his junior to senior year had uh, made huge strides as far as, you know, throwing the football. And I remember we went to the Senior Bowl 
and he got outside of this pro option attack, and he, we went to the West Coast system. And uh, it was Kevin Johnson, McNabb, and I were playing in the Senior Bowl, and he was playing, you know, um, uh, John Gruden was our coach, and they had the West Coast system that was used by the Eagles. And he, I mean, he just lit the place up. And I remember, I remember Kevin Johnson and I saying, you know, who is this guy? Like, where, where do you, you know, just getting him in a different system with a different coach with a three to five step drop mentality versus one of the systems that we were in. He just, he was a, you know, he was a different player. So, um, you know, he, you know, Dungey goes to one of these, I don't think he's going to go to the senior bowl, but if he goes to one of these bowl games, he needs to, you know, go there, play at a high level, learn the pro style system. And I think, I think he's got a shot. He's going to get, he's certainly, I think he's going to get drafted. You know, quarterbacks have a way of getting drafted higher than they, they probably should just because it's such an important position in the NFL. And, and he's going to have a shot. He's just going to make sure he capitalizes on it. That comment from Rob Conrad. Rob, uh, to look at the bowl season, I had, you know, from, from some sources that I, that I trust uh, close to the situation, we're talking about, you know, I said Syracuse before the BC game. I said, listen, if they win the BC game, then they belong down in Florida. They belong down south in Alabama, Georgia, Florida, probably a Florida because there's a lot of bowls in Florida, a lot of reputable bowls in Florida. And so I had them down there with a win at nine and three. I, you know, there was the talk of the pinstripe bowl, which, and no offense to the pinstripe bowl at all, I think that that's a six and six or a seven and five. If Syracuse was seven and five, then it makes sense to put them in the pinstripe bowl, but. You know, it's it's not always what bowl you're in is 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 because of the respect that you have or what you did. It's they want to sell tickets, so they're looking at regionally where they could put you. But you know, Syracuse with nine wins and twelve tries and only getting blown out of one game, and then pushing Clemson and Death Valley, which nobody does, and then you know going to overtime with Pitt and the game that they played. And both of those teams they played close are in the ACC championship. And then the team that they lost to Notre Dame right now is in the college football playoff. If it were to start today, potentially, and you know, projecting that. So, Syracuse, everything on paper looks good. I think that there's no no question that they belong down south. From the sources that I trust, uh, going into that game, said you know the Camping World Bowl is the one that you know we're we're probably going to be in if this thing shakes out against Boston College. And then there was the notion of because it's the ACC and the Big Twelve that it would make sense to do Syracuse and West Virginia at Camping World Stadium in Orlando on December 28th for the Camping World Bowl. That projection is still out there. It's the one that I'm sticking with. It's the one that feels right to me. There are other people that are feeling the same thing. Will Greer is regarded as one of the great quarterbacks of this season. West Virginia can score. Syracuse can score. What do you think about a late December bowl game in Orlando, Florida between Syracuse and West Virginia? I'll tell you what, it's it's one of the you know the old East rivalries, and it'd be great to see those teams play again. I, I know we, we certainly had a bunch of battles back in the day with them and some legendary games between you know, Syracuse and West Virginia, so I think it'd be great. And and look for, uh, you know, the knock on Syracuse has always been, you know, for bowl games, uh, you know, we, we don't travel well. So if any, if there are any Syracuse fans out there that want to support this team and, and uh, kind of, uh, you know, show well for the future, you know, uh, uh, you know, come on down, and I'll, I'll welcome you to Florida, and, uh, and 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 come down to the bowl game and and, and show up because that's been you know one of the things that's it's been uh, that's kind of hurt Syracuse over the years getting invited to certain bowl games, and uh, I'd love to see a, a great turnout down here. I, I guarantee you, in early December, December we're going to have a little bit of you know weather improvement over over what's going on in Syracuse right now. So we'll uh, we'll welcome you with orange 
the open open arms down in the uh, Sunshine State. And in conclusion here, speaking with Rob Conrad, Dino Babers, what he, I mean, this is his third season. There's always that note that the third season is the one that you really got to pay attention to. Is the team turning the corner? Are they not? So there is that notion that's out there. He went 4-8, four 4-8 and eight, four and eight in this season, won more games in one season than he did in the first two combined, 9-3. and three. They, he, While he's been at Syracuse, they've defeated a top 25 program in Virginia Tech in his first season, Top 25, top two reigning national champion in Clemson the second season and this season winning nine games and setting a bunch of records and bringing Syracuse back to the top 25 and back to a 4-0 start and so on and so forth. What can you say about the job that he has done? And then secondly, that hashtag pay Dino is all over the place. What your thoughts are on that? I think he's done a great job. I, I think he, he brought confidence and, and a little bit, a little bit of an attitude and swagger back to the you know, to the football team, and it's what it's needed. And that there's, that's a lot easier said than done. I think he's done a terrific job. Um, let me also use this opportunity. John Wildhack, the AD, I have noticed such a huge difference since he's been on board. I mean, he's he's been unbelievable with. Uh, you know the alumni. I think he's done a great job. You know, going back to you know the, the coaching search and and everything he's he's been able to bring to bear for the university. I, I, I you know I I don't think he gets enough credit for what's going on here. I mean, he's uh, done an unbelievable job, and and I couldn't be any happier with a uh, with an AD than, than than having John on board. So you know, and he, he's got a he's got a tough gig. I mean, Syracuse is you know from a budget standpoint has got you know kind of one hand. Tied behind its back because of its structure, um, and uh, I, I I know that that uh, you know every, look Dino deserves uh, uh, a contract extension. He deserves to get paid more, and there's uh, you know a certain bil- ability to do that. At the school versus other places, and I think they're going to do everything they can to uh, you know to kind of reach the happy happy medium. I hope that Dino uh, on his side sees that you know this is a special place, a special program that. You know when this play. You know when the program gets. You know get, gets gets back and to its winning ways. It's a great place to be around, and it's a great town. And and uh, you know and he uh, you know isn't necessarily looking to uh, you know jump to uh, you know uh, uh, you know the next big name that comes around. I think there's probably some middle ground that that makes sense, and, and hopefully that's that that's going to be the case. So I I have confidence that I'll get done, uh, and that, that that John and Dino will figure out a way to to make this work going forward. That coming from Rob Conrad, Syracuse and NFL alum here with us this morning and a fullback that wore that number 44 very well. My final note to you, Rob, is you wore number 44. You know, you were the end of a long history of the number 44. Is it time to see it again or are you happy that you got to be the end part of the legacy? Where do you stand on the retirement, unretirement of number forty-four. <laughs> you know, I, I've I've been asked this quite a bit. I um, I I, I kind of have to defer to, to you know to, to to Jim and Floyd on that. To be honest with you, I, I've always said, look, at the end of the day, um, whatever they feel is right. I'm I'm going to back. I, I kind of don't don't think it's my place to have a, a meaningful say one way or the other. I'm, you know, very proud of. Uh, uh, the way I wore it and the career I had, and, and uh, but but certainly you look at those guys, some of the best ever the uh, you 
know, play uh, tailback at, at uh, in college football, and and I'm, I'm kind of going going whatever direction they want to uh, be. And if it, if they if they were, were for being unretired, I'd be all right with it. Uh, but it's it's look, it's a special number with some special people involved, um, and uh, you know, I, I think there there's emotions on on both sides of it. If it meant they could get you know some really top tier players, um, you know, some parade all American types back in. In, in the building, I don't know if I would necessarily be against it, but it kind of feels right to be in the rafters with, uh, you know, with 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 those guys and what they've done, and, and you know, both both uh, you know on the field and, and what that you know what that those guys and that that number meant uh, off the field. So um, that's kind of a, a non-answer from me, but that's, that's <laughs> the, the way I view the world. <laughs> No, that's okay. I understand the, the deferring to those gentlemen, and obviously I respect the, the humbleness of that. Rob Conrad, once again, here on the show this morning. I don't need many excuses to go down to Orlando. I'm a Disney kid, but if there is an excuse, December 28th, game at 5 o'clock at night would be a great one to come out and see West Virginia and Syracuse. We'll have to see how it shakes out, but I'm confident that Syracuse will end up down south and Camping World Stadium is beautiful. And just a couple seasons ago, that's where the ACC championship was played and Syracuse was just outside of that. Funny thing is, if Syracuse had been in the Coastal Division, they would have led the Coastal Division, the entire Coastal Division, and they would be playing Clemson right now. So kind of an interesting look at the, at the 14 teams and where Syracuse truly stands in the ACC as always, Rob, I appreciate the time, and uh, I appreciate you being here with us this morning. I look forward to talking with you soon, and I can say it, since I don't have to be humble when it comes to you, you wore number 44 really well. You did the same thing in the NFL, and I think the Dolphins, you know, I, I think at this point, the Dolphins might have to make a phone call to you, because it's it's going up and down and around the corner there, so maybe they got to reach back to Rob Conrad. I don't know if they use fullbacks anymore, so I'm going to have to do a position change. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, Very take good. care. Thank you. Take care.